0: This week, it's all about particles. The first blowing in from North Africa.
1: It's basically particles of ground up rock, quartz most commonly, but also tiny particles of clay and tiny particles of other minerals.
0: While others originate somewhere closer
2: to home. Around 15 to 20% of the population suffer from hay fever. Millions of sick days every year are lost through hay fever suffering.
0: And following record-breaking heat over the Easter break, Cooler weather returns with a vengeance.
3: The risk of gales, especially for parts of Wales and the southwest of England.
0: It's Wednesday, the 24th of April, and you're listening to Weather Snap from the Met Office. Hello, I'm Claire Nazir, and you're listening to Weather Snap, an insider's guide to the week's weather brought to you direct from Met Office HQ. and vans covered in a mysterious dust. Blue skies transformed into a dirty haze. And crops in the fields stained a milky white. It's all perfectly natural. This week saw dust from the Sahara Desert blown high into the sky and deposited across large parts of central and
1: southern Europe.
0: Earlier, I spoke to Dr. Malcolm Brooks, an atmospheric modelling scientist here at the Met Office, who explained the process.
1: It's basically tiny particles of ground-up rock, quartz. Most commonly, as the mountains have been eroded that align the Sahara, it makes sand, but also tiny particles of clay and tiny particles of other minerals. When there's strong winds and you've got very dry soils... If there's a nice mixture of different particle sizes in the soil, some of the larger sand particles can get lifted up because they kind of stick up a bit. Once they get lifted up, they accelerate and then they smash down, and that impact can lift the smaller grains.
0: So, this is a chain reaction which results in a huge amount of dust mm-hmm. in the mid atmosphere. And so, this time, this dust has travelled from North Africa, Mm -hmm. from the Atlas Mountains, across to much of the Mediterranean, then up towards the UK. Is this quite unusual? Unusual enough that it doesn't
1: happen very often in the UK. It's not like a big weather issue for us. It it is a big issue in lots of other parts of the world, in hot, dusty places. But in the UK, it might happen once or twice a year.
0: One of the most famous ones was 2017, the time of Hurricane Ophelia, where we saw that beautiful moon and the very reddish skies.
1: Ophelia was really interesting because there was a very big hurricane that tracked a dust outbreak, but also it tracked over forest fires that were burning in Portugal. So you got this wave of dust and then behind it, a wave of smoke from these wildfires in Portugal. So that was a really, really unusual case.
0: Are there any health implications of ingesting this dust?
1: People who are fit and healthy, it's not that much of an issue, but for, yeah, for, for people who are vulnerable um, at the elderly or very young children who have asthma or that sort of stuff, it can be a big problem.
0: So here at the Met Office, we model this dust, mm-hmm. and that information goes everywhere doesn't it
1: we work with a whole range of other organizations like NASA for instance uh, in hot dusty places there are interests in aviation it's also useful for planning aircraft maintenance planning winter clean solar panels <laughs> I'm
0: sure a lot of people during the first part of the week saw their cars quite dirty, but there's some real positives to take from this Saharan dust, particularly when it travels westward.
1: It sounds crazy, but the amounts of dust that are being blown off the Sahara and the iron content that's in that dust is actually one of the nutrients for the ocean and carbon cycle driven by phytoplankton that need nutrients to grow. And then, when it travels all the way over to South America, it helps the Amazon as well.
0: And finally, Malcolm, Mm -hmm. tell me this. In some books I've read, it does say that Saharan dust, when it blows across the Atlantic, can reduce the potency of hurricanes. Is that true or false?
1: In some modelling studies, it says that it changes the hurricane path. Some studies have changed the steering of the hurricanes. Others have changed their intensity. But that's a little bit too complicated to really give you a definitive answer. OK,
0: we'll, we'll do a watch this space on that one. Absolutely. OK, Dr Malcolm Brooks, thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Claire. Now to particles of a homegrown nature. One downside of strong sunshine at this time of year, especially when we want to celebrate some outdoor living, is high levels of pollen and recently tree pollen in particular has been high. Tree pollen is one of many types that can give us hay fever. Here's Yolanda Clulo. Around 15 to 20% of the
2: population suffer from hay fever. Millions of sick days every year are lost through hay fever suffering. So it's very important for a lot of people, but also clinicians use the information and it's used a lot in research as well. Obviously there's hundreds of different plant species all producing pollen. In relation to hay fever there's a handful that we monitor closely and use in our forecasts. So early in spring we can see alder and hazel in the air, although only a small percentage of the population are allergic to those, so we actually start using birch in our forecast towards the end of March and then we move into oak season and then the grass season and then the nettle season. Around 95% of people with hay fever are allergic to grass, so a heavy focus for the pollen forecasting season around June and a few weeks either side. We have a number of sites around the UK where people collect and monitor and count pollen for us. We use that data and we add in the current weather. Pollen levels are impacted by rainfall, the timing of the rainfall, wind, sun, temperature. All of these factors are added in and we produce a five-day forecast for what we anticipate the levels of pollen will be. Having a lovely, warm, wet spring is very important for production of pollen on the plant. And then having a warm, dry day with a gentle breeze will release all that pollen into the air. So weather has a very big impact on pollen levels in the air on a daily basis and also production for the season as a whole. Obviously, monitoring our forecast and knowing in advance when the pollen that's relevant to you is going to be released gives you a chance to take medication. If you don't want to take medication, there's a number of other things you can do. So you can avoid the stimulus, so avoiding the pollen, especially on your mucous membranes, your nose, your mouth and your eyes. Wearing sunglasses, changing your clothes at the end of the day so you're not bringing pollen into the house showering and washing your hair, remembering that pets can bring pollen into the house, vacuuming around regularly will help to keep pollen levels lower in your house. Remember not to hang your washing out when the pollen counts are high because your washing will come back into your house with pollen all over your washing. On our Met Office website, you can find the pollen map where the daily levels are there for you. We also have some health pages that talk about pollen and helpful tips and advice, and there's some useful links there as well.
0: Yolanda Clulo, And you can keep an eye on the Met Office Twitter feed for daily pollen updates. Last week saw some record-breaking Easter heat. All parts of the country at some point broke their temperature record on a particular day. Although the all-time highest temperature for the Easter weekend still remains intact, that's 29.4 degrees Celsius on Easter Saturday in 1949, yes, that's 70 years ago, some temperature records were beaten. It was a hot weekend with values in some places reaching 12 degrees above the climate average. Aidan McGiven now gives us the lowdown for the week ahead and beyond.
3: It may only be April but Easter weekend felt like a summer weekend across much of the UK. However, you know what they say about the British summer. Three fine days followed by a thunderstorm. And we'll certainly see plenty of thundery showers over the next few days as low pressure replaces high pressure. And much cooler air arrives from the southwest. Now, those thundery showers will continue through Thursday and into Friday. There'll be some sunshine in between, but it will turn increasingly windy later Friday as another area of low pressure moves in from the Atlantic. Now, this area of low pressure is likely to turn fairly deep, and it will bring some wet weather across much of England and Wales in particular through Friday night and into Saturday. It will also bring strengthening winds, with the risk of gales, especially for parts of Wales and the southwest of England. Into Sunday, a quieter spell of weather for many places, it will be a fairly chilly start, with cold air in place and a touch of frost in one or two spots. And for anyone taking part in the London Marathon... A fresh start on the starting line, but it will soon warm up. And actually, if the sun comes out, it will soon feel quite hot. Later Sunday, however, another area of low pressure moves in. That will bring more wind and rain into the start of next week. And that low pressure is likely to hang around. But there are some computer models that now suggest that that influence from that low pressure will wane. There are some tentative signs of the weather settling down for the first May Bank Holiday Weekend.
0: Ada McGiven. And now here's Martin Bowles with last week's
3: highs and lows. The highest daily temperature was Easter Saturday... ...with a high of 25.5 Celsius at Gosport in Hampshire... ...making it the highest recorded temperature in the UK this year. The lowest temperature was not as low as last week... ...but still sub-zero at minus 3 Celsius during early Thursday at Aboyne in the Highlands of Scotland. The sunniest place was in East Malling in Kent on Easter Saturday and Easter Day with 13.9 hours of sunshine on both days. And the wettest day was last Monday in St Mary's on the Isles of Scilly, which had 32.2 millimetres of rain.
0: Finally, in global weather news, severe tropical storm Kenneth has now intensified to an equivalent Category 4 hurricane with sustained winds of 130 miles an hour. It will make landfall across northern Mozambique later this Thursday, as intense tropical cyclone Kenneth. Although this system will not affect the region of the country that was devastated last month by tropical storm Eday, this time a combination of a storm surge and torrential rainfall from Kenneth will mean extensive and life-threatening flooding across northern regions of Mozambique with up to a year's worth of rain, that's a 1,000 millimetres of rain likely in over four days. This part of the country has never had a cyclone make landfall in recorded history. Closer to home, across southern parts of France, northern Italy, as well as the southern Alps, heavy rain and thunderstorms will continue to persist, along with strong winds. Localised splash flooding can't be ruled out, and strong coastal winds could reach gale force. There's likely to be further travel impacts across the region, including for flights. Conditions should improve through the weekend. That's it for WeatherSnap. I'm Claire Nazir. Producer was Adrian Holloway. Do join us next week when we take a scientific peek behind the week's weather headlines. WeatherSnap is a podcast by the UK Met Office.